Do you wonder if your child just isn't understanding what you're trying to teach him? Are you overwhelmed when you hear about learning styles and trying to think about how you would implement that into your homeschool? Welcome to the All in a Homeschool Day podcast, where we talk about all aspects of homeschooling so that you feel equipped and ready to homeschool with confidence and joy. And in this episode, we're breaking down learning styles. You'll learn what you really need to know and how you can implement them into your homeschool without feeling overwhelmed. I'll also tell you what you should not be doing related to learning styles. If you want to get all of the details related to this episode, you can go to triumphantlearning.com forward slash learning styles. As we talk about the various strategies and characteristics later on, all of these will be detailed on that post so you don't need to worry about writing anything down. Let's jump right in with what are learning styles? Well, the best analogy I can think to explain this relates back to a baby or a toddler. There is a picture I have on my website on this post of my daughter when she was an infant and we handed her an orange and she was examining it. She was looking at it. Uh, she was feeling it, turning it around in her hands. She was feeling the texture of the orange. She, she saw the orange color. She could use her sense of smell to smell the citrusy aroma that it was wafting off. She was using various senses to help her understand the world around her. As she was learning about this orange, she could literally use different aspects to understand what it was and get to know it. Well, your child does something similar as he's learning. He uses his senses to help him learn and understand new information, to learn new skills. Traditionally, we talk about there being three primary learning styles, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. I've seen some definitions actually break the kinesthetic learning modality down into kinesthetic learning, which is movement, and tactile learning, which is touch. The vast majority of resources that I have seen talk about there being the three primary learning styles. And for the sake of what we're talking about today, we're going to uh, just talk about the three. If you need to break those last two down more, you certainly can. I found that thinking about them in terms of these three styles helps me with my homeschool planning without adding so much complexity that I just get overwhelmed. So you may have heard the advice to teach to your child's learning style. On the post, you can find characteristics of each of the learning styles and start to think about which ones your child might exhibit. And that will help you to determine his primary learning style. The younger your child is, the more difficult it can be to determine that. So you may need to give it a little time as you kind of assess and evaluate, as you observe him as he's learning. But there are some key characteristics that I think help us to understand the learning styles. And for visual learners, they like to 
see things. They they like to for things to look just right. If you have a, a daughter, she probably likes to dress up her dolls and make them look really pretty. She might line them up and seem like she's not really playing with them, but really she is playing with them in a way that fits her learning style. She wants them to look pretty. Uh, if you have a boy, he might like to have all of his uh, toys, his cars or action figures lined up in just the right order. Uh, your visual learner might have a very vivid imagination. You may notice that you have a visual learner because they can watch you doing something and then internalize that and be able to repeat it. I remember distinctly when one of my daughters was learning to swim and we were at the pool one one day and she was watching some older kids practice diving. She watched them for a while and then she went over and started doing it. And she obviously needed to improve her technique more, but she had the basic premise down. There are more characteristics that you can find on the website, but that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea about your visual learners. Your auditory learners might like to talk a lot. They might describe what's happening. One of my daughters likes to uh, narrate her entire day. There was no question in my mind what she was doing when she was young. I could usually stop her before she got herself into trouble because I knew what she was thinking. I knew what she was about to do. Uh, they might enjoy discussing things. They might like to listen to music and hum tunes whenever they're alone. They might remember what you tell them better than what they actually see. And so that's some, a few characteristics of auditory learners. And your kinesthetic learners are in constant motion. Uh, this can really drive classroom teachers a little bonkers because it's hard to manage this in a classroom setting. It can be difficult for a homeschool parent, especially if you are easily distracted by that movement. Uh, they may dance. They may always be touching things. They may like to try lots of new things. Um, they might talk about how things feel or what they did. And so those are your kinesthetic learners. And homeschool curriculums are getting better at incorporating some hands-on activities and tactile experiences. And I think largely for these kinesthetic learners. And we are recognizing how we need to help our children in the various ways that they learn best. So one of the things I want to talk about is that we need to be careful not to fall into the trap of only teaching in your child's preferred learning style. I find it's helpful to keep in mind what my children's learning styles are so that when we encounter a difficult concept, a difficult problem, that I can use their preferred learning style to help them understand that concept a little bit better. But I keep in mind that they are not always going to be able to learn in their preferred learning style. If you think about when they go to a co-op class, if when they are later in a college setting or a vocational training or a job setting, they will need to learn using various modalities depending on what the situation requires. So I use that preferred learning style not so much to teach 
to them in that particular method or modality, but I use it as a way to capitalize on their strengths, but also to help them shore up their weaknesses. So if I have a very visual learner, I actually encourage her to listen to audiobooks so that she can be preparing herself for when she needs to be in a lecture setting that she can listen and be able to understand and process. Now, one of my daughters is a very visual and kinesthetic learner. Those are, she actually has two uh, preferred learning styles. So what we've worked on is when she's listening to sermons or if we listen to a lecture on audio, she will do something with her hands. Either she has some thinking putty, Erin's thinking putty is our favorite, or she'll be drawing something. She might uh, do a handicraft such as knitting or tatting, something to keep her hands busy and moving so that she's able to listen and really pay attention. We have had to work on the appropriateness of what she's doing with her hands because sometimes she moves her hands so much that it's distracting for those around her. She's learning how to keep her hands occupied, but in a way that's not distracting. So we can use this time to help her strengthen that weaker area. There's also benefit to using all of the different learning modalities when you're teaching your child because some subjects naturally lend themselves better to one style than another. For example, when you are learning math concepts, it can be very helpful to see the concept written out as they're trying to understand and process that, but it really helps to have a hands-on experience, to use those manipulatives to bring that concept to life. And those manipulatives can help your child understand that abstract concept and put it into concrete terms. And at the same time, it helps every child if they were to take those math facts and read them out loud as they're trying to learn them and memorize them, using all of the modalities, even if it's not their primary learning modality, helps them to have multiple touch points so that they can amplify their learning experience. It is okay to primarily use your child's preferred learning style. Just make sure that you are incorporating some other aspects also and other modalities and not strictly relying on that one. Really help them to improve their abilities in all of the areas. And you might be thinking, no, wait a minute. This is a little overwhelming. How am I supposed to do that? Do I have to plan a specific learning style or learning modality for each lesson? How am I supposed to incorporate that into our homeschool without feeling overwhelmed? I get it. I don't want to plan one more thing. But honestly, I don't take time to plan this. This is something that I try to keep in mind, try to be aware of it, and then incorporate different ways of learning. So for some lessons, I try to find audiobooks or I might read a book aloud to my children. 
I will find ways for them to narrate using different learning modalities. So sometimes I will have them narrate orally and tell me what they what they've learned. Or sometimes I will have them do a written narration and let them write out what they've learned. I will have them draw diagrams or pictures. Uh, When they were younger, particularly, I would have them act out scenes from stories that we had read. As they are older now, sometimes I will have them recreate what they've learned or find a way to um, use manipulatives or or materials to demonstrate to me what they've learned. For example, my daughter is taking chemistry this year, and when she was learning about various chemical structures, she she's the kinesthetic learner, and she was realizing that she needed something a little more concrete to help her understand this. So she got out our linking cubes, and, and you can see this picture on the website. She uh, created the chemical structures using the linking cubes and some paper to write out their abbreviations. So she was taking that concept and using materials that we had around the house to demonstrate what she had learned. And that brings me to one of the points I want to make is that we need to help our children as they are learning how to do this. I've talked before about helping your child to assume responsibility for his education. And I'll link to that episode in the show notes for you. But one of the things that I want to do as I am going through our homeschool day and training my children is I want to turn over the responsibility for learning to my children. And that includes them learning how to choose good books, them learning how to take notes, learning how to create that atmosphere in which they will learn best. And that includes various things such as study habits and the actual physical environment. Do they need to have it quiet? Do they need to have a little bit of classical music in the background? But it also includes incorporating learning styles. This is one thing that my high schooler has been really working on this year, and that is taking notes and learning how to use her strengths to take the most effective notes. Does she want to write all of her notes out? Does she want to narrate them into her voice recorder app? Does she want to do a combination of the two? Does she want to use some flashcards because she is that visual learner? Does she want to use manipulatives as she is trying to demonstrate the concepts? And so I've tried turning this over to her this year. We have been talking about this for multiple years, so it's not uh, an abrupt change for her. But she has struggled a little bit as she's tried to figure out the best way for her to learn and remember the material. So talking about learning styles as your children are growing up, as they are maturing, and just making sure that you are providing a variety of ways for them to learn, a variety of ways for them to explain back to you what they've learned and to narrate their their learning will help them to see different possibilities, the different ways that they could be incorporating that. And over time, you can start turning that over to them. Uh, For example, whenever we have term exams, 
I like them to take about a third of the exam questions and they may answer those orally. They can either just explain them to me or they can record them into a voice memo app. I like them to have a third of the questions to be written narrations. They're both old enough now that uh, they're proficient at written narrations. If you have younger ones, you may still want to have them dictate the narration to you and you can type it for them. And then I like them to have a third of the questions that are in some way kinesthetic, some way hands-on. So they might do a project. They might do a painting. They might draw something that they've learned and recreate it that way. There's a lot of different ways that I will allow them to demonstrate that knowledge. And we have some suggestions that we kind of fall back on, some ways that they have found that they prefer over time. But in the beginning, I would go through the list of questions and I would say which ones I wanted to be oral, which ones I wanted to be written, and which ones I wanted to be hands-on. And over time, we've transitioned that to me giving them the list and working through it with them and allowing them to choose which ones they wanted to be in each category. Now my oldest daughter is at the point that I can turn over her list and tell her my expectations and say, so many of these questions need to be oral, so many need to be written, and so many need to be hands-on. And she can go through and determine for herself which ones fit into each category. So that is one way that I can turn over this responsibility to them and really help them to take that on themselves. One caveat that I would like to talk about is that your child may have a different input versus processing style. And this is not something that I have heard talked about a lot. I've heard it a couple of times and it has been really helpful and transformational in our homeschool. And not all children have different input and processing styles, but some do. And that explains some of the disconnect that I was seeing early on. For example, one of my daughters is a very visual learner. She would much prefer to read than to have me read it to her. But at the same time, she talks all the time. She wants to narrate her day. She wants to tell me everything that's going on and everything that she's learning. And I'm really grateful for that. I love that we have that connection and that communication. But I was trying to figure out if she really likes to read, but she seems like an auditory learner. Why am I seeing this, this disconnect? And I realized She prefers to have the input as visual, so she wants to read it for herself or she wants to see the diagram, she wants to see the image, but in order for her to most effectively process it, she needs to talk through it, preferably while she's moving. So she actually incorporates all three learning styles just in a different way, so she wants to uh, take it in visually and she wants to process it through auditory and kinesthetic means. And I'm the same way in that I like to have the input as visual, but I process auditorily. My other daughter, I think, is a visual, visual learner. So she prefers to uh, take it in through reading it herself or seeing the diagram or watching somebody else. But then she would prefer to just write it down or um, draw it out. She does not like oral narrations and never has really she's 
doesn't talk as much. She's just not, she does not express herself in the same way. So understanding that difference, that there's a difference between input and processing preferences really helped me to understand my children a little better and really help them find ways to capitalize on those strengths and those preferences so that they could um, learn more, most effectively for themselves and be start putting into place those practices that will help them into the future. So here's what it boils down to. What I want you to take away from this episode are four points. First, be a student of your child. It may take you some time to figure out what their learning styles, preferences are, what their input and processing differences might be. It may take you some time to just observe them. You can use the characteristics list that you can find on the post as a way to be aware of those different characteristics. Second, take advantage of their strengths and then work to improve their weaknesses. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses, and we can always use room for improvement in all of those areas. So use what you are observing with your children as a way to make a plan to go forward. And then third, find ways to incorporate all of the learning styles. But this is point number four. Do not stress over this. This does not need to be something that is a formal process. You don't need to make sure that you have all of the learning styles in equal proportion covered in your homeschool. Just be aware of it and try to incorporate different strategies. You might one week say, you know what, we're going to try some sketch noting. Or this week, I think we're going to try doing a recreation of a battle scene, or we're going to act out the scene that we just read from the book. Find ways that you could incorporate different methods, different ways of learning, different ways of narrating, so that you incorporate those different strategies. And if you only do that once a week, then you will still have provided some variety and some breadth for your children. And you can find some of those suggestions of strategies that you can use for each of the three learning styles on the post. There are 42 different strategies that I've listed that you could try incorporating, 14 for each of the learning styles. And you can find that at triumphantlearning.com forward slash learning styles. I hope that as you go through the week this week, you will choose one new strategy that you could incorporate for your children and see how that goes. And then maybe the next week you could add one more in. Try something different and have a little fun with this. I would encourage you to not view it as a chore, but as a challenge that you can find new ways to bring their learning to life. And if you find a way that you really enjoy, I'd love to hear about it. Feel free to email me. You can email me at info at triumphantlearning.com and let me know what you did. I'd love to hear. As we wrap up today's podcast, I would encourage you to leave a rating and a review. It really helps other homeschool parents to find this podcast so that they can also 
be equipped to homeschool with confidence and joy. Until next time, have a triumphant day.